played and sung at funerals, at weddings, um, at sporting occasions, at the last night of the proms. It's performed all the time. And, and it's kind of and does, did those feet in ancient times walk upon England's pastures green? And it that's, goes on and on and on. And it's that's about, right. Blake puts it in the form of questions. It's a sort of rhetorical question. He says, and did those feet in ancient time walk upon England's mountains green? Mountains. And was the holy lamb of God on England's pleasant pastures seen? And did the countenance divine shine forth upon these clouded hills? And was Jerusalem builded here among these dark satanic mills? Mm. Now a lot of people have just said that, that you know, like you say, it's a rhetorical question. He's kind of saying that, that, that maybe it's, you know, Christianity came to England, that it's, it's coming to the soul of the people, etc., etc. There's a lot of different interpretations. Well, he put Not it necessarily as, that it's factual. No, fair enough. But he put it in the form of a question because he was writing a poem. I don't think he was trying... If he'd been writing a mission statement, I think <laughs> he would have put something very different. But to my mind, it's the best expression of the legends right. of Jesus uh, But you're not Jesus saying that William Blake knew? I suspect he did. Right. I do suspect. Is this I, because I'm, maybe William Blake knew about, you know, the traditions? I think, although I can't prove it, that William Blake uh, knew about the traditions, but I'm certainly not a Blake expert, but I do know that he regularly claimed, he claimed to regularly speak to the spirit of his dead brother and that he spoke to archangels and such like. Oh, right. So it's not a huge leap for me right. to imagine that Blake had an insight into this one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but mm -hmm. it's not out of the question for me to think that. Okay, so I'm, I'm just trying to work out the, the, some clarity here. Stonehenge, William Blake, how does this lead you to get interested in Jesus? Because of the dark satanic mills being associated with Stonehenge? Yes, I'd, I'd read some years ago that um, some people thought that he was writing about Stonehenge when he wrote about uh, the dark satanic mills. But it was, it was when that occurred to me that I was um, pointed towards the reality of the missing years of Jesus. I'd been aware of them for a long time, but then there was this moment like a diamond bullet right between the eyes when the sheer magnitude of it dawned on me that the most famous man that had ever lived was missing for over half his lifetime. So I was naturally intrigued by that because there are other characters such as um, Arthur, whether he was real or not, and we know a fair bit about his life, his childhood and his early adulthood and so on. And we even know about um, someone like Attila the Hun, you know, a barbarian that mm -hmm. came out of the wastes of Asia. But we still know a bit about him and his brother and his father and such like. So I was just astonished when I realized that there was apparently this huge nothingness about someone who was otherwise very well documented. So I started to look for the studies that had been done into these times. And I may not be the world's greatest researcher, but I couldn't find anything that anyone had ever done. Mm. I found studies of um, the legends of Jesus coming to Britain, where people had assessed the legends uh, to see what their worth was, but I simply couldn't find anything about anyone that had looked into these legends to see if there was any possible basis for them, mm. you see. Okay. So where, where, did you, where did you start to put this together? You know, if you couldn't find anything at all, then, then why does this exist? 
You well, must have found something that, that made you go. That's yes. Further. Well, the the guiding principle with it, I suppose, was that when I was a child, my mum got me this wonderful book called God's Graves and Scholars by a German archaeologist mm -hmm. called uh, Kerem, I believe. Yeah, got it. And it it was just. It was just a blessing to have this book. It was absolutely wonderful. I loved everything I read in there. But when I came to the path about Schliemann and Troy, even before I was 10, this really made me sit up and take notice. Because as I remember it, the entire academic world dismissed yeah. all the stories in the Iliad and the Odyssey as being fairy tales. And Schliemann chose to believe every single last word of them. And he went looking for evidence of them on the ground. And he came up with... Troy, which is arguably the greatest discovery that's ever been made. And there are other examples of... Um